and welcome to this week's episode of Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti, and I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And today we're super pumped because we are recording this episode of the podcast on location at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. And we're also super pumped because we have a couple of special guests joining us on the pod this week, including our co-host for this episode, Margaret Glassby. And we'll have music provided by Toronto roots rock band Sun K, who are going to kick the show off right now. Um, guys, can you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm uh, Christian Montano. I'm Stuart Ritalik. I'm Kevin Butler. And we are in the band Sun K. And how has your Winnipeg Folk Fest experience been so far? Honestly, amazing. So good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to compare it to other festivals, but this is this has been the most fun I think we've had at a festival so yeah, far. Yeah, sure. us right. Yeah, played to some great crowds. Had a really great workshop this morning with yeah. uh, some other really talented musicians. Uh, yeah. Played in St. John and. Uh, Carmana. 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 They see yeah. they were really great. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. We got a pool in our hotel. Workout room with sauna. Sauna. Yeah. Sauna. We're living a life. We've made it. Except you broke your phone. Except I. Oh, you, no. You're <laughs> yeah, stupid. It is. It's really bad. If you guys could see it, it's like the worst break. The rule in some case is that no one can. We can't all have working yeah. cell phones at the same time. Kevin just got yeah, his yeah. replaced. I just got mine replaced. Yeah. It's under warranty. Thank you, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what song are you going to start with today? We're going to start with a song called Whiskey and Wine. Okay. Excellent. Ready, boys? You told me once that I never do what I'm told. You told me twice, maybe more. Whiskey 
guest host today. Um, Margaret Glassby is a California-raised, New York-based singer-songwriter whose self-produced debut album, the excellently titled Emotions and Math, came out last year. Uh, she was named one of Rolling Stone's 10 artists you need to know in 2016, and now she's one of the must-see acts at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. So welcome. Thank you so much for being part of this today. Of course. No problem. It's my pleasure. So typically how we start off the podcast is we talk about our week. So how was your week, Margaret Glassby? Gosh, my week is good. Um, I was in New York City for a good portion of it, and now I'm in Canada. Um, I've just been working on new music, and um, yeah, working on my computer and some new music quite a bit. And just got into, we had kind of a hellish time getting here. Um, our, all of our flights got pretty screwed up. Oh, really? So uh, we had a long night last night, but we're here now, and we just played a set um, with Esma Patterson and uh, Big Thief, which was really fun, and um, kind of prepping for the set tonight. And yeah. Yes, you're on the main stage tonight after yeah. Feist, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, totally. Kind of unreal. Have you played very many folk fests before? Um, I actually kind of have. I grew up in the folk scene when I was young. I played the fiddle for a really long time, and um, so I've, I've, I know the, this scene pretty well. Um, and also, it seems that folk festivals kind of embrace other types of music more and more these days. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes, once in a while, they'll, they'll ask me to play, um, even though it's not super folky. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a total pleasure. It's fun, because I feel like at folk festivals, it's kind of a wider variety of music. So, you kind of get to see some really cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're enjoying ourselves. It's been great so far. Awesome. And you have, Erin, you've also spent the majority of your week here at Folk Yes, I've been here every day since Thursday. Um, it's been very warm and very busy, but lots of great music and a lot of good discoveries for sure. This is my first day at the Folk Fest, so I've covered it for the paper for a long time and now kind of have passed the baton on to Erin. Oh, wow. Um, so it's nice to not have to be out here for the full reviewing the whole time. Yes. But yeah, the... Uh, week's been interesting. We I wrote a feature about a woman who started an Instagram account dedicated to the woman who signs all the elevator like permits in the city. And wow. she's like famous in Winnipeg just because her signature is so ubiquitous that people are like, oh, Cheryl Lachek, I know who that is. She's the elevator lady. So this girl <laughs> who is actually a folk festival here, her name's Daphne Super, she started an Instagram account dedicated to this woman and just like photographing the permit and then just writing funny captions and ended up doing a column with her that has continues to be the most popular thing on the Free Press's website today and the weekend. So, so that's been my week. Is, that's amazing. It's yeah. a, little, a little burst of some elevator. Burst of viral. Yeah. 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 Cool. Very cool. Everything's going on up. So since we're at a festival and we're with a performer who has been to many festivals, we wanted to talk sort of about the festival experience from the performer side versus from the side where we're working as media. So um, I guess, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be performing at a festival? Sure. Um, like what, how, how do your days pan out? And maybe versus like a regular show, because I'm sure it's a little bit different than... It's completely different. Festivals are kind of fun because you know you're going to see probably some of your buddies. Um, and that's why summer is kind of fun for music because you, 
yeah, like I, I know that a lot of bands that are playing here, that a lot of my friends are here, so you kind of look forward to seeing, you know, your your schedule's kind of dotted with a lot a lot of buddies that you'll be able to cross paths with on the road. Um, sometimes it can be kind of intense because there's no escape, so right. you're always in the sun, you're always in the sound, um, and then when you're not in the sun, you can't really escape the sound is, is something that, that is inescapable. <laughs> Which I lo- obviously I'm, I'm a music nut, but when you need to rest, it's a little hard to find any kind of sanctuary. Um, but that's kind of sometimes as a musician, what can uh, kind of draw the line in the sand for just comfort, you know? Like it's really nice when you have your own little green room and you know there's good food and they people really you know people running the festival really know who you are it's not just you're not in a wash of like and that's often um i feel like winnipeg i mean i've only been here for like six hours to be honest (laughs) so i don't really know very very much about it quite yet but so far it feels like a a large festival that still kind of keeps its uh kind of genuine energy intact and um, i've been played a lot of different festivals that are kind of more pop oriented and um, mm. and some of them are great and then some of them yeah it's kind of impersonal and and you have a lot of stages that are playing t- way too close to one another and playing way too loudly so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of uncomfortable um and and they also just don't nobody you know who you are yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to be you know it's nice to get attention and love when you're working and and just to kind of make connection even with the people that are running the festival or just to kind of um, not be, you know, kind of lost in the whole mix of things. Uh, so that's that's a that's a cool thing to, like, you know, appreciate in a festival as an artist sometimes is just to kind of get, know that you're, you're with other bands that you like, that you're yeah. taken care of, that, um, that if you have a problem, someone's going to help you with it. And then, you know, compared to a regular show, it's just totally different. I think that there's also, in a festival, you're not always getting like a full soundtrack either. So um, it can be kind of more, you kind of show up and you just kind of commit. (laughs) It's not, you're not precious about it. Whereas a show, you know, we spend a lot more time kind of dialing in what we're doing. And a festival, yeah, it's just kind of, your expectations just change. It's just a different environment. Being outside too, and things going, you know, blowing away, and <laughs> you're subject to the environment, which is exciting and can be frustrating, but it's mostly totally. just really fun. Well, I think both of us can sympathize with that on the other side, which is Erin has spent her last few days writing reviews and I used to do that too and so you're working in here so it's like a dip, we're in the tent that's right beside the main stage and uh, yeah so you're working to deadline and there's bugs and there's wind and there's rain and you're trying to put together like coherent sentences that are right. going to appear really in the newspaper the next day and you're like yeah. oh my god like there's like swarms of mosquitoes and right. it's just you know it's it's kind of it's fun but it's also definitely it's intense yeah and definitely environment oriented yeah yeah, and I think too what you're saying, sort of that you don't always get the full sound check. You kind of have to adjust your expectations for the environment. I think that's part of what we have to do as well. Totally working here too. 
But it's funny too, even as someone who loves music and loves seeing live music, seeing a show at a club versus a show at a theater versus a show at a festival, it's all different as well. So I think adjusting expectations, not in terms of quality, but just in terms of what the vibe is, the vibe is gonna be. Yeah, yeah. And I do like about Folk Fest that you can't drink everywhere. Like I actually like that things are kind of confined to mm. the beer tent because I find some of the larger rock festivals, I mean, it's obviously a different animal and different vibe, but I find it's like a little bit too like, Alcoholic. Yeah, it's too, it's too alcoholic. That's exactly right. It's too like, okay, like you're going to get beer, and now you're spilling it on me, and now you're throwing up, and yeah, I can find sometimes that like when little kids are running around and then drunk people are everywhere, it's kind of like this is a little bit weird. Totally. <laughs> that doesn't make me like super stoked. Um, so I, I I I can dig what you're saying. Do you have um, a favorite festival that you like to go back to? Um, let me see. Gosh. It's interesting for me because this is my first, um, my first record, and right. so I yeah. haven't really. This is my last year. We did a bunch of festivals. This year we're kind of doing kind of more festivals because my my record came out in June of last year, right. and so it was like people were just figuring out what I was doing right then, and so now we're kind of doing all the festivals this year. So I'm kind of discovering them, you know. I've played quite a bit of them, but I, I've never really played them twice. I've never really, like, you know, I don't have that one festival that I always play yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little young in all of it, so I don't know. Um, but some great festivals that I have played, uh, I played Shaky Knees. That was really fun in Atlanta. I've um, heard great things about that festival, too. Yeah, and watched the Pixies play, which is incredible. Um we played, honestly, actually, well, Bonnaroo was really fun because of, because we got to see Pearl Jam. Yeah. And they yeah. were on fire and it was amazing. They're one of my favorite, favorite bands. Yeah. They were yeah. incredible live. It was really incredible to see them play. Um, where else? We played some really wild festivals. Um, one was in Tasmania. That was in Australia. That was incredible called Palomino Festival. Um. And then where else? There's also one that we played on a Dutch island called called Leland, uh, where there weren't really any cars allowed. It was all bicycles. Um, they just had some vans for like a festival to transport people. But oh wow, that was pretty wild. It's yeah. a tiny little island, um, and they just put you out in the middle of the forest on the stage. It's incredible. So yeah, we, we played some cool interesting stuff for sure um so i think yeah sometimes it's really fun to play like a big old festival that is these huge acts we're about to go to latvia which i'm excited about that's something i never thought i'd be doing (laughs) um and that's kind of like a big old festival and then we'll play some other ones that are a lot smaller um kind of uh in Norway too so I don't know it's it, all festivals it doesn't always fall into the category of like if it's big it's bad if it's small it's good it's just kind of how they handle it how they handle the size yeah. and stuff that's been my experience with it well because you can have some small festivals that are that are a nightmare oh totally <laughs> it's totally <laughs> yeah where are like really brand new festivals which is sometimes exciting to be a part of something from the ground floor like that but also it's like oh my god no one knows what's going on yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're at all type a and kind of want to run a situation it's like i can't even watch what's happening right now like why, why don't you have a plan but it's uh <laughs> so it's, you know it might just be me yeah no, but uh yeah so you were saying that you played the fiddle correct? yeah so what made you 
kind of switched to guitar. So the guitar was super prevalent in my family. All my family members play guitar, um, and I grew up with that environment, so it was super natural to, I mean, there's literally probably 12 guitars at my house right now, the <laughs> oh house gosh. that I grew up in. Um, and they're kind of like all the same version of the guitar. It's like like six probably like Yamaha dreadnoughts are at home, and there's probably like three 12 strings and a couple kind of like nondescript electric guitars and um, maybe a couple amps. And they're just kind of around. They're not super fancy or anything. They're just really great vehicles for playing songs, uh, which has always been kind of the through line in our family. Everybody's super into it, playing songs and learning them. And, uh, and then I took to writing them, so yeah, it was kind of always just waiting there for me, for sure. It was very natural, and um, and then I, I went to music school as a singer for one semester at Berklee College of Music, mm-hmm. and uh, there was obviously a huge guitar community there, and um, and I was playing acoustic guitar, and then once I moved to New York City, I basically like the month I moved, I bought my first electric guitar, so. That's kind of the evolution of my scene. Cool. And electric guitarists, what are, what are like, I guess, what are some of, not necessarily influences, but things that you listen to and like that kind of, yeah, um, I guess, that you admire? That include electric guitar? Yeah. Oh, uh, geez. I mean, most of the music that I listen to. I suppose Elliot Smith is a huge uh, influence for mm. me, although I'm really, really influenced by a lot of his acoustic guitar playing, but he was an amazing electric guitar player as well. So that was huge for me. Um, I'm a big, big Jimi Hendrix fan, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a big presence of the United States fan growing mm. up. Weezer, huge, huge Weezer fan growing up, too. I mean, it's just kind of everywhere. And I think that's something that's kind of attractive about the electric guitar, too, is it's just, it, and I think maybe it's, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if I want to say it's dying, but I think that it, there is, it is kind of more of a computer age right now. People make, you know, you don't listen to pop music and find very many guitars in the top 40 any, mm-hmm. anymore. Um, which is just, you know, things happen, trends change. I'm sure guitar will come back in soon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care at all. It's just fun to do. Um, but, but yeah, I think because it's kind of classic in a certain way, you know, it's fun to be a part of that lineage and, and just kind of, there's so much to learn mm. because there's so much that's happened with the guitar uh, from the Beatles to Segovia to, you know, um, I don't know. Just and the feeling you get when you Prince, see a real like yeah. Jackson. Oh yeah, there's just some like, of the most epic guitar language and all that music. So I mean, you are really knocked out by a guitarist like that. Like I've seen Prince, and who I would say is very similar to Prince is St. Vincent, and I've seen them both live, and it's like just being knocked out by that guitar. Like it doesn't where it just kind of hits you right in the sternum where you like yeah. hit by music. It's so so great. But I was reading something that was kind of along that line, not necessarily that the guitar was dying, but that the guitar solo has definitely kind of gone mm. gone the way of the dinosaur. And it was like and sometimes it depends on the solo for me. I know guitar solos are kind of a polarizing subject, but I I enjoy them if they're well done. I mean, of course. You know, yeah, I totally. like to see where do you land on the guitar solo? I <laughs> <laughs> I like them to a certain extent. 
sometimes if it's like a 10 or 12 minute ripper I just like zone out by a minute six I'm like all right I get it you're great at this <laughs> are you a, a solo taker do you do you yeah I take solos all the time yeah yeah totally um yeah that's uh yeah I suppose that when you're kind of learning the guitar I think everybody has a different entry point but you kind of work up to being able to that's like a big thing in, in your and being coming a guitar player is like wow taking your first solo is, <laughs> yes. it's, it's cool you know that's like a big a big moment I think for a lot of guitar players um, but I think that out of necessity I, I kind of just ended up there because uh, there's only one guitar player in my band and it's me <laughs> so um, and I like it that way and just kind of carrying lots of having to carry lots of weight and just kind of being pushed into it uh, is kind of fun because I learn a lot quicker I don't always do it super well, but I learn a lot in this, on the spot, which is great. And your first album came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the title of it, um, Emotions of Mass, because it seems like those things are often, we think of them as being very separate and kind of the separate sides of the brain and sort of the logic and reason versus the emotional piece. So yeah. I just wondering where that came from and how that kind of inspired the record as a whole. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wrote that song not too far away from when I recorded the record. Um, pardon me. Um, and so it, I think I, I, I recorded it kind of the closest to that and probably you and I mm. were like pretty close to when I actually recorded the record. And I think those had a big influence on the record as a whole production wise. Um, and and math just felt like it kind of summed up everything um, kind of me as a person and um, I don't know just like I, I suppose like mankind <laughs> I guess that's a pretty big statement but uh, it just applied to all of the songs and kind of I think my process as well and being pretty like pretty analytical with lots of emotional parts to make songs um, you know, my life. I mean, I I move around quite a bit, and a lot of it's just scheduling based all the time. And so, trying to see the people I love and and also do what I do, it it, it causes for a lot of. Pardon me to quote myself, but emotions and math. <laughs> uh, so those are just two things that kind of run through everything that I do for sure. So it seemed appropriate. And you mentioned uh, off the top that you're working on some new material. I am. Do you yeah. have plans to release new stuff anytime soon? I don't know when it's going to happen. I have no clue. Um, and I mean, yeah, I've been working in the computer quite a bit and. Um, kind of just been brushing on learning to kind of code synthesizers lately so that's been kind of interesting that's cool and um, yeah I wish I could tell you what it's going to be like I, I kind <laughs> of know but I kind of don't want to tell you <laughs> so it's a little bit of a secret um, and also it's a little bit of a secret to me I'm, I'm not quite sure where it's going to what it's all going to become but it is in the works it'll probably come out sometime next year I think that's the perfect time to throw to Sun K, who are going to perform a song live for us. Uh, this song is called Brittle Bones, and it is the opening track to our new record that will be coming out in September called Bleeding Hearts. Awesome. So, yeah.
start. Well, this land will wear you down, wear you down to the ground. And on my land, fabric brittle bones, brittle As always, well, yeah. As always, you can find everything we're working on on WinnipegFreePress.com, and we want to thank Margaret very much for being here today, Thanks and also for having me, uh, Sun Kay for providing the music, and uh, the Winnipeg Folk Festival for putting on this uh, great event every summer. And we'll see you next week. Okay.